0: Hello friends, Brian Gailey, Klamath Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. This episode, we're joined by Chip Massey, the uh, Director of Workforce Development at Klamath Community College. Uh, We're going to talk a whole bunch of workforce issues, employment, a lot of different things in this episode. Guys, Damien, roll that intro. Friends, Brian Gailey, Clam Falls News. Welcome to Ask Klamath. This is Season 2, Episode number 4. We're joined by Chip Massey, the Director of Workforce Development at Klamath Community College. Welcome, Chip. Glad to have you on the show. Well, thank you. I've been looking forward to it. And, yeah, there's a lot of things that we're going to talk about and cover today. But before we do, I want to actually talk about Chip's bio. This guy, he has done a little of everything. It's it's amazing. Um, you began working for uh, Klamath Community College as the Director of Workforce Development in 2016. Correct. In that role, you manage the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act, Education and Training Services at WorkSource Klamath. Correct. We'll talk a little bit about that <laughs> a little bit later. Okay. Um, you coordinate non credit and credit workforce trainings at the school. You work with community partners to ensure and identify opportunities uh, and help job seekers to get the training or education needed to complete in the modern workforce.
1: That's the idea. That's a tongue. Twenty first century.
0: Yep. Um, You were formerly the executive director of the Chamber of Commerce. You were there for 15 years. That's actually where we first met. Yep. Uh, You've served on numerous boards. You've taught classes on entrepreneurs and business, uh, owned and operated and consulted with numerous restaurants. And you're still
1: involved with Antonio's down in Alturas? That's correct. A minor partner, though. I don't work a lot down there. But uh, how long is that relationship now? That's... Well, we started that restaurant in 1989, in April of 1989, and then we actually brought it up here to Klamath, and that was how I ended up living in Klamath. Way back. Way back. Lots of stuff.
0: Yep. Uh, so, Chip, welcome to the show. We're glad to have you here. We've got a lot Thank of great you. things to discuss. Did I miss anything
1: in all that? You did not. Well, I, I could just go on and on and on, but no, you didn't miss anything. That's all we needed. <laughs> For today, that's all For we For today, needed. that's all we needed. Yeah, the, the resume of uh, Mr. Massey is, is just... Forever long. Well, if you had if you, if you all the lovely things that I've done prior to getting to Klamath. So, <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. So, guys, we're going to be taking your
0: questions live during this broadcast. You're going to want to ask those in the comments below. Um, and one of you guys that's asked a question is actually going to get a uh, win one of these uh, rewards cards by uh, Payday Fast Break. Fast Break is actually our presenting sponsor here for Ask Klamath. We couldn't do the show without them. Um, so we will be picking one of those people to win 25 bucks that you can use for fuel or food or whatever you like there at the store. Um, now, if that's with that said, don't get mad if we don't get one of your questions asked on the air. I'm sure there's going to be lots of great questions. We may not be able to get to all of them, but we will sure try. Um, so with all that housekeeping kind of out of the way, yes. you ready for a couple questions, Chip? Go for it. All right.
1: What is your role as director of workforce? Well, that's a great question because it's actually. Evolved a little bit over my time at KCC, but really the way I see it working now It's to ensure to kind of ensure that we have workforce training Education and supporting programs that are aligned with local businesses and community needs um, We really want to make sure that we're serving both Klamath and Lake counties. Um, I work closely with businesses and organizations to understand their needs and I like you said I, I, I help manage credit and non-credit programming, training, education, to kind of meet those needs once we've talked to the business community. So you are regularly engaged with the business community. It's not just something on the side, right? Uh, yeah, and, and try to be. I must admit, in the first year at KCC, uh, while we were kind of pulling the department together, I wasn't out in the field as much. Um, certainly now I'm getting more of a chance to be out in the field and interacting. And I think it was really um, it was really prescient for, for Dr. Gutierrez to maybe pick somebody with business connections. so having been at the chamber for so many years um a lot of business advocacy in my background and a lot of business relationships so we're, we're starting to work through those to make sure that we understand what the real needs are in the community it really helps you have your pulse on the business community and you really do it does and i and i think i mean i i speak the vocabulary you know so when i'm out talking to the business community i was heavily involved in economic development here um, I think those were the things that have, have really helped us establish some relationships and, and get a feel for what needs to go on. Very well. So what are your favorite duties in this role? I Well, it's funny. If if, if you'd asked me that a year ago, I would have thought the interaction with the business, and I don't want to say that that's not a primary responsibility, but the thing that I've found is the stories that I hear from the people that we've helped serve and connect to a business. and. And little things. So, one recently, we had um, we had a gentleman older uh, in his fifties who had been out of work due to taking care of a sick family member. He was previously a commercial truck driver. Um, he was trying to transition back into the workforce. Uh, we got him into the CDL program at at, at KCC. He completed. He got a job um, within days of finishing it, and he sent just a really nice letter. Thanking everybody for how much work they'd put into getting him there. Um, he and his wife are now planning to buy a home here. Um, so it, it, it's exciting when you hear those things. And, and then just also recently we've had um, a youth group. So we, have, we also do youth programming for, for um, 16 to 24-year-old young adults. Um, and it's called Yeti, so it's the Youth Education and Training Initiative, and we do a summer work crew. And we did our first one here in Klamath, and actually they, did, they helped out at KCC. They were part of the landscaping crew the last few weeks at KCC. And two of those young men are already on a path to a job based on what they've done at KCC. Wonderful. And so those are, the th- I, those are the stories that I really like, and that's the thing that, that kind of you know, warms my heart when I'm, I'm doing it. it it's kind of nice. It brings it all kind of full circle. It does. doesn't. It? When you hear the stories of
0: the success and yep. all the work that goes into preparing yep. for those stories, and then
1: and then seeing them come to fruition, it's it's got to be very uh, it is and rewarding. I'm, and I'm looking forward to hearing from the businesses that we're starting to get people placed into. So this has been, you know, a process, and we're learning how to do it well, and we're learning what the needs are, and I I so I expect that we'll be getting good stories from the business side. You can say, yes, so this is somebody who really helped me. Uh, I'm looking forward to that, particularly around the young people who are trying to transition into work. Uh, so I'm, I'm excited about getting those stories. Wonderful. Yeah.
0: So in your bio, when we talked about that, it's uh, we mentioned the Workforce Innovation and Opportunity Act.
1: What is that and <clears throat> what, what do you do with that? So the WIOA is actually congressional legislation that appropriates dollars for workforce development all over the country. Lots of funding streams, so I don't want to get tangled up in it. But, but the, the idea is to help um, communities, businesses, um, um, organizations provide the kind of support and training that is going to get people back to work. So that's really what WIOA funding is. Um, it goes all the way to adult GED. English as a second language. Um, and then from their vocational trainings or um, uh, just basic skill up, how, how do you re-enter the workforce? How, if I'm going in for the first time, how do you, what do I need to learn? So the, the funding is all about those kinds of things. And it comes in a lot of pieces. It, the WIOA legislation that I really interact with is the training and education side. So if people go to the work source, we're a partner there. So downtown here in Klamath, if you go to the WorkSource, we're a partner. And um, what we provide is education and training. So it can be workshops, it can be just some basic resume development. <laughs> Come in, talk, what am I trying to apply for? What am, what am I interested in? And WIOA was a change from the previous legislation in that they really wanted it to be business driven. They wanted the business community at the table talking about what their needs were. So that's one of the big focuses. They want it to be outcome-based. So the idea is, are we being successful? Are we training people? Are they getting jobs? How is this working? So we capture a lot of data around that. And that's one of the big jobs with it and report that back. Okay, so lots, lots of things going on. There's lots of things going on. Yeah. So you, you, are not just tied into the
0: business community. You're tied into funding and absolutely yeah. how that funding is used
1: and various things like that as well. Yeah, and we, and we work with a lot of organizations around that. So we, at KCC in our department, um, we offer support for SNAP recipients. We offer support for TANF recipients. Um, we offer support for students who are expecting. Or parenting um, things that can keep them out of the workforce things that can keep them from getting their education um, DHS and it uh, is very very focused on self-sufficiency the idea of everything that we touch is our goal is to get everybody into a job within a year so if we're investing public funds into them uh, which is what we're doing in, in in the sense that we are we are helping them with their education we're helping them with their training when we do that our goal is to get them into work um, so that they, they're doing that as quickly as we possibly can so we work on a pretty tight timeline trainings that are short term um, we can help people with more career type training but uh, but the focus is really on getting people into a vocational programming skilling them up getting them into work as quickly as possible. That's awesome. One year to get somebody into a job, that's that's pretty good. That It is, and, and we're, we're, we're thrilled with the way it's going. Like I said, we're still there. We're still learning. We're still doing stuff. Um, and now we're really doing the outreach part of it and understanding what the business community wants, and that's, that's a, the new wrinkle for us. Wonderful.
0: Well, Chip, thank you for answering that. Um, do you have any questions for Chip? Now's a great time to put those in the comments below because somebody that's going to have a question asked on air will win 25 bucks by Fastbreak. Uh, it's going to be on a payday rewards card that you can use at any of their convenience stores. Uh, we're going to take a commercial break and be right back with your questions for Chip Massey from Klamath Community College.
2: Fuel. Refreshment. Convenience. Community. Rewards. Fast break convenience stores with seven basin locations. At Madison Chevron, Homedale Fastbreak, Merrill Mobile, 97 Chevron, McDole Fuel Good, Washburn Chevron, and Bly Fuel Good. Fastbreak. Convenience Community Service. Slow down. Slow down and move over. And move over. When you see lights, vests. I'll be please give us some room slow down and move over when you need us
3: we've got your back
2: do you have ours
3: you got our back
2: you got ours you got our back please slow down and move over
3: You can have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So, my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So, Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rourke, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So, if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body, it's your car, our reputation.
1: Left, uh, Hello friends,
0: Gailey, Clam Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath. Our guest today, Chip Massey, the workforce, Director of Workforce Development at Klamath Community College. That is a mouthful just by itself. It is. hard to say. Um, so welcome. Uh, this segment is actually brought to you by CrossFit APE. They're located at 105 North Spring Street. CrossFit APE offers core strength and conditioning program built on consistently varied functional movements. Uh, executed at a high intensity. Learn more at CrossFitAPE.blogspot.com. CrossFit A.P.E. Evolve Your Lifestyle. We want to thank CrossFit for being a sponsor of the show here. We couldn't do it without them as well as all of our other sponsors and our commercial, uh, you just saw the commercial break there. We especially couldn't do it without them. We want to thank them. Chip, are you ready for some more questions? Sure. All right. So we're going to kind of go into a little bit more depth of what the employment of the basin and, and things like that. Uh, can you talk about the current uh, unemployment rate in Klamath County and how that
1: relates to the state? Sure, the, um, so the, the August is the last month that they're showing this. And Klamath County had a 5.7 unemployment rate. Really, really low. Um, compared to the state though, the state was at 3.8. So we're almost double, essentially, the state. And we're almost double the US average, which was 3.9. So Oregon is kind of functioning a little better than, than even nationally. Um, and, and that's that's exciting news, and that's good news. I think, and you and I have talked about this in the past and definitely in, our, in the chamber world, uh, we've talked about how you have to be careful about saying, you know, we're almost at 100% unemployment. Uh, there's certainly people out there are underemployed. Uh, there's certainly folks who have dropped off the rolls. So when we say 5.7, I'm guessing that there's a few percentage points in there for, for people who maybe aren't even looking at the moment. Although we are seeing in our office here at Work WorkSource and then even at the college we're seeing people come through the door who are trying to re-enter, who are trying to get back in. Maybe I was out of it for three years and now I'm trying to get back in and that's really the group that we're we're starting to get some focus on.
0: Now, are you finding some of those people coming back to you they're looking to do something different than what they did before or are they kind of getting skills up, you know, skilling up as you use the term for current requirements in the job?
1: And and I think, and and, and that's really, really the question and the good question. So I think the, I think really where we are, and we're seeing a little bit of a split. There are a lot of folks who realize maybe the job they had isn't the job they're going to have or that they want in the future. So there are people who are coming in with, um, I want to transition to something. I was, uh, I, I worked retail and now I'm thinking healthcare, you know, so they're becoming medical assistants. They're maybe joining the CNA program, um, we're seeing some transition. People are starting to ask um, good and intentional questions about where are the jobs going in the future. So we're which always, actually
0: was going to be my next question.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so and and then we can we can so they're asking those questions, and and we're trying to make sure that we're hooking up with occupations that are gonna gonna be around in the future. And and the other thing is there's a realization, and this is something that we talk about a lot, that. The skills you needed in the jobs this last decade are very different from the skills you're going to need in the jobs in the next decade. Very true. And so, and what it's gonna be a transition. We have to figure it out.
0: So are there any job categories that are seeing a higher demand than
1: others? Is there a job categories that people seem to be gravitating to to educate themselves as well? I, I think for, for us, we're seeing a lot of movement in healthcare and, and at all different levels, so there's, uh, and some of what's driving that is, you know, Skylakes expansion um, and, and healthcare. One of the things that's intriguing to me about, about all industries now is, and, and healthcare is a good indicator of this, uh, it, it's more than just being a nurse or a doctor. Uh, you know, the Skylakes has, um, has a, apprentice and journeyman electricians. You know, their, their maintenance staff is huge. Um, the, the people who are working in food service at a hospital, huge, they're, they're reaching into our culinary program to pull people you know, into, into the business. So w- when you begin to look at what a large scale hospital offers to the community in the way of jobs, um, you can see why healthcare is attractive. There's a lot of supportive services there where you're actually doing patient time or you're actually doing analytics, or you're actually doing this thing. but there's also a lot of services that you can transition some of your skills into. Uh, and, and get a good paying job in, in the healthcare industry. We're seeing that a little bit in manufacturing. We're seeing that in some of these other areas. Um, and and locally, uh, there's a lot of that. Construction, there's a real need for people to go into construction. Um, that, that's been really, really, uh, uh, that, that group was hit hard in the recession. Yes, it was. Yeah, yeah so. a lot of people who were in
0: construction ended up finding work elsewhere, elsewhere and they didn't come back not when come the back. jobs came back. That's right. So that one's been pretty yep. tough as well. Um, which leads us into kind of the next couple of questions. Um, Are there any employment opportunities uh, coming up or existing right now that would provide a living wage job that aren't just fast food restaurants? We have a couple of fast food restaurants coming to town, which is great. But at
1: the same time, that's not necessarily a living wage job either. Is is there something coming down the pipe? Well, and so, so one of the things, one of the rules around WIOA is that you're not training people for minimum wage jobs. Um, now, sometimes that's a great entry for them. So I'm not, you know, it's not like we wouldn't help somebody right. get their skills up to actually move back into the workforce at a minimum wage job. But the whole goal is to move people dollars ahead of the minimum wage. And so again, healthcare is one of the ones we're focused on. Um, we we are we can churn out 20 medical assistants every uh, 150 days, you know, as an example. And generally, they're picked up somewhere. They're either at one of the assisted living facilities. They're actually being drawn into Sky Lake. Some of them have gone on and said, "I'm coming back. I'm going to do some further education, maybe get my associates or you know, in nurse, so in health information management." So, as we look at it, we're we're trying to figure out where can we get them those two, three, four dollars over minimum wage. And what are the industries that are capable of doing that? Manufacturing is certainly one locally. Construction is one locally. Once you kind of get past that entry level position and you start moving up and it's more than just pushing the wheelbarrow or you know digging the ditch, now all of a sudden you're getting into dollars over minimum wage.
0: Right. So with that and in, in talking about those things, is there some struggles that uh, employers are having right now uh, being experienced? Let me rephrase this. There's, what are some of the largest struggles, I should say, that employers are seeing in the basin right now? Uh, and how does this compare to other places in the state?
1: Well, the, th- the things that we hear, right, and I'm not sure that you hear anything different. There are, there are certainly across the state, there's different issues maybe. Um, when you get into the metro areas, they have a slightly different set of issues than we do in an urban area. But the, the number one thing that, that I hear regularly, you hear it talked about in the news and in the media, um, soft skills, work readiness. And, and that can be as simple as passing a drug test, showing up on time. Um, and and those are those are questions that are are hard. who who gets to teach that? We've made that part of what we do. So our non-credit trainings include an orientation about why that's important. <laughs> we bring in employers to talk about who they will and won't hire, so that so that people understand that there are real legitimate rules around going back into work and you have to behave in a professional way. And we certainly, we, we work with people who have had um, some issues, have had some barrier to getting back into the workforce, whether that's you know long-term unemployment or that's a, a past issue uh, in, in the criminal justice system, they maybe had an addiction that they have overcome and are trying to get back into it. So um, a lot of the folks that, that we see right now, because the market is really in the favor of the employer, <laughs> right. because there's a lot, you know, people are pulling in as many skilled folks as they can. So a lot of the people that we're working with are the ones who need that. I, one of the things that I, I appreciate about KCC and particularly Dr. Gutierrez is is, is he, has, he has a, a, a view of what is really facing kind of the modern workforce. And he's trying to make sure that KCC is well positioned to deal with that. And so when I look at what's going on for the next 10 years or the next 20 years, uh, it is really about critical thinking, problem solving, having the ability to work autonomously. So being there on time, doing the job properly, those kinds of things, the need to be comfortable with all technology mm-hmm. very much that the there's the, because broadly technology is in the workplace and then you have to have something beyond your high school diploma or your ged because if you don't you're not going to fit in the workforce that is being developed for this next hundred years right and so if you're not doing that the other thing i also think that is being embraced at kcc that's an important part of what we do is this lifelong learning so come in get some training Go out, do some work. Come back, get some more training. Go out, do some more work. You know, and I think that's a really big part of what we're doing too.
0: Lifelong learning. I like that because you you (coughs) never really stop doing that anyway. And to have the school there is is another resource to be able to do that with. And that could be something as simple as an art class or photography class. Absolutely. Or or some cooking class or non-credit, or it can be credit-related. Correct. Lifelong learning is definitely pretty big. It's important. Very important. So, thank you for answering those, Chip. I appreciate it. Don't forget, guys, we are giving away a $25 Fastbreak card, just like this one right here, loaded um, that can be spent uh, anywhere at those Fastbreak convenience stores. And when you're, uh, you know, get your questions in, this is a great time to do so because we're going to take a break. Uh, But we're going to be right back with uh, Chip Massey talking more about workforce here in the Klymouth Basin.
2: Fuel. Refreshment. Convenience. Community rewards. Fastbreak convenience stores with seven basin locations at Madison Chevron, Homedale Fastbreak, Merrill Mobile, 97 Chevron, McDole Fuel Good, Washburn Chevron, and Bly Fuel Good. Fastbreak, convenience, community, service. Slow down. Slow down and move over. And move over. When you see lights, vests, reflectors please give us some room slow down and move over when you need us
3: we've got your back
2: do you have ours you got our back you got ours you got our back please slow down and move over
3: Can have your car taken to the shop of your choice. So my friend had her car taken to Excel Auto Body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work. They even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car. So Excel Auto Body is a very smart choice. Hi, I'm Rorick, owner of Excel Auto Body. No matter if the damage is minor or major, you'll want to choose us now. So if you are ever in an accident, you'll be ready. And remember, it's your choice what body shop you go to. Choose Excel Auto Body. It's your car, our reputation.
0: Welcome back to Ask Klamath, presented by Fastbreak. You just saw their commercial there. And, and uh, actually, somebody today is going to get $25 to, on, a, on a payday rewards card that you can use inside the convenience store. So that's going to be to anybody asking a question during the show. Uh, I do see a couple questions already. We're going to get to those in the next segment. But get those questions in. We'd love to, we'd love to hear what you got to say. Uh, this segment is actually brought to you by the Klamath County Fairgrounds. There are a couple of events happening this weekend. Um, The Jefferson State Jackpot Winter Series Rodeo, that's a heck of a name, uh, kicks off Friday and has events scheduled all weekend long. Uh, The annual PEO Remedives Sale is going to be in the Lindman Building on uh, Friday and Saturday as well. That's always a great event to go check out. And there's a flu clinic that's going to be in the Lindman Building Meeting Room B on Saturday as well, so you can get your flu shot and Check out the rummage sale and go watch a rodeo all at the same time. Uh, if you want to learn more about what the fairgrounds can do for you, head over to kcfairgrounds.org and uh, you can see what's going on right there, or maybe they can host your event. Um, so with coming back to that, Chip, we get some great questions we had in that last segment there yes. talking about workforce in the basin, Thank you. and I got a few more, um, and mainly, you know, we're kind of talking more of a, a workforce as a, a the bigger picture at this point. Yep. Um, is the Klamath County, the Klamath Basin, is it attractive to large businesses? Because it seems like we struggle to get large businesses.
1: Well, <clears throat> I believe it can be attractive. <clears throat> so I'm, I to to large businesses. I mean, just in a general sense. I think there we have, we have some really excellent infrastructure um, that's in the community that can do that. Uh, so rail, good highway system, uh, on 97. So trucking is. Is pretty good, um, you know. Working obviously on more air service, and there are things that we're still kind of working. on. So we can be attractive. What we're not seeing, <clears throat> excuse me, is big business moving. We're not, you know, people are kind of settled in where they are right now, and I don't know that that will change until larger businesses begin to see strategic value in a move. So if they want to start serving the Pacific Northwest, if they want to serve Northern California and Oregon and Washington, you know, now all of a sudden Klamath is really in the mix because of what we have, but they're not just packing up and moving because it's a little cheaper. Mm -hmm. At one time, that was something that could drive it. I I was, you know, and I think the other thing that Klamath is is working on, and I obviously interact with the chamber and I interact with Quesita, the Economic Development Organization, trying to figure out what are the things what are the unique opportunities out there what are the things that we offer and one thing that struck me recently that was that was kind of interesting was going to the groundbreaking for Red Rock Biofuels over in Lake County and that was that company is generally viewed as a startup it's the first facility of its kind but they were driven by they needed fuel for their for their, their process and there's a lot of timber lying on the ground over there that's out in those woods that needs to be cleaned up and brought in. There were enough private landholders who had that, you know, so that gave, the, the railroad is right next to that, where it is. So when you start to look at it that way, potentially the industries of the future could take a look at a place that has 300 days of sunshine and think, okay, that's one of the places I need to go. Do they have natural gas? Yes, we have natural gas. You know, what are the things that we need? Can we get a rail spur in? So, I mean, I think there's opportunities, and I think we have organizations that are working um, on, on getting that, but it's all about strategy and where they're going in the future. Do you find that
0: many of those big businesses <coughs> are moving in general? I mean, it's not just the Clown Falls area. Are they?
1: You know, the Central Valley or the Rogue Valley or... Are um, businesses moving at all? Well, I I think if from, from the seed I'm in now, <laughs> it's less so. Um, but maybe more than it was 10 years ago. Okay. Um, you know, and again, strategic value. Where's right. your customer? How are you trying to... Are you reducing costs <clears throat> for the delivery of your product or service? And that's what's driving those kinds of things. Okay. Um, would...
0: You know if a large employer were to come to the basin and, and needed several hundred jobs is the basin ready for
1: that well yeah and no <laughs> so uh, it would be an exciting advent the thing that that one of the things that i get to do every day and when i work with the business community and our partners locally uh, we have been brought into those discussions if we bring a, a large manufacturing uh, facility to the community can they get 300 people to help them kick off and then can we keep filling that pipeline going forward um at, at one time, I would say no, we weren't able to answer that question really well. Now we are. We do have um, a, a a workforce that has a set of skills that can translate to other kinds of things. So if they're in manufacturing, particularly in wood, we still have people who worked in the forest and done millwork and and those kinds of things. It's an older population, but it wouldn't be as tough to transition them. And so um, we do have it. We also have the partnership now, I think, across the K-12 system with East Cascades Works, which is kind of the contractor for WIOA, the regional solutions, our local organizations, the economic development, um, and the business development folks. I, I, think there's, I think we have the pipeline in place so we can say, if you tell us when you need them, we can get them skilled and have them ready and then we can continue to provide because there's always turnover in large businesses. So 300 people, but that might mean 50 are having to be replaced every year, you know? And so what's that look like going forward? We have answers to those questions now. Okay. This may be more of a Casita
0: follow-up, right? And we're waiting to to talk to the guys at Casita and get them on the show. (laughs) Um, But with that in, in mind, is there something along those lines in the pipeline? Is there something going on?
1: There's always something in the pipeline. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Got to love the ambiguous answer. I knew that was coming, but, yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> now, it's kind of shifting a little bit, skilled occupations, yes. right? Your your journeymen, your your licensed people, your, you know, things like that. It seems Klamath Falls Basin County is a little short on those. Uh, a lot of uh, those go unfilled and those worker trades and things like that.
1: Uh, why is Klamath County kind of short on those? Do you know? I think there's I, th- I think there's lots of reasons that the simplest ones and the ones that we we look at uh, we're still pretty rural, and um, so those kinds of position when when we have somebody in an apprenticeship program here and they move on to journeyman status, uh, they can make twenty dollars an hour more in the Rogue Valley, <clears throat> or they can move up to Bend and join a construction company there and make significantly more because of where the markets are hot so I you know we tend to lose some of those folks our goal is to always bring them back you know give them a reason to come back to Mm -hmm. the community Uh, but we've also had real success with keeping people in some of the local businesses um, and, and and making sure that that they are are in it because they like the lifestyle the community offers and 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 those are the kinds of things that you're always trying to balance um, but there are th- there are some positions that uh, yeah it, it's hard to convince them they need to stay here when somebody's offering them a ten thousand dollar signing bonus in another community to, to come and join them so and it's kind there of are fight issues that, or it, you know yeah. it necessarily fight that but compete with that sometimes. it is it's hard to compete and and so we do a lot of good training we have a little bit of a brain and skills drain because of it but all you have to, in my view you just keep doing it because out of every group somebody sticks <laughs> you know so you just keep working it you keep providing the training you keep moving it forward and eventually you get people to stick Very much. so, so
0: is there is there any driving force that you think you you mentioned like area and things like that are diverse I mean you go 30 minutes in any direction you're in something completely different here different from the Basin yep if you want mountains if you want desert if you want lakes it's all it's all around it's a great playground do you find that that, that Culture that lifestyle we have here at the basin is a great reason, it has been
1: keeping people here. I think it's I think it's the people who want to live this lifestyle. Yeah, they're they're figuring out ways to stay here. They're transitioning to jobs that let them stay here. Um, I think one of the things that we're all still trying to figure out. Um, and, and this goes all the way down to tourism, is how do you attract people here who might like the things that we have to offer? Mm-hmm. And are they willing to, you know, stick around? Um, what demographic is, is potentially that next set of skilled, highly skilled workers that we might be needing in our community? Um, what are the kinds of things they want to see? You know, we wrestle with that every day. You see it on the front page of the paper. Uh, you know every day or you know what what kind of community do we want to be and who are we trying to attract and it's it's a big part of the discussion and I think uh, it's it's valuable and I think we need to stick to it
0: okay um, last month kCC announced that the college was awarded an eight million dollar grant for construction of a new apprenticeship apprenticeship and industrial
1: trade center do you have any information on that what that might become well I have I have marginal information because it's really all the details haven't been worked out. But, yes, so we've, we have an opportunity to – to it's really kind of a challenge grant. So we're having a match. Um, we're about to start some sort of local fundraising effort and other grant writing efforts around it. I think that's one of the things that um, the, the leadership at KCC is very proud of is um, not having to ask the community to um, – fund a bond or some sort of tax issue to help do this that they're choosing to participate in it because they see value in it i think that's really good that we're attracting uh, organizations outside the area who are investing in these kinds of things so really our goal is an, an apprenticeship and industrial trade center um and there's a lot of elements to it and i don't have all the details slowly it's going to be coming out you're going to see more and more in the paper there's been a little bit Uh, A little bit shared but there's going to be a real focus on um, fire training so that our 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 programming around fire and emergency services has a place to really work so there's going to be a big chunk of concrete to drive things around on you know Um, there's going to be the the goal is to have uh, training facilities built there that will support that um, and then a, a large space that's gonna be pretty flexible that'll focus on the trades that are needed at the time. Um, expansion of the apprenticeship programs. Uh, you hear people talk a lot about non-traditional apprenticeship um, and, and some of that is um, you know, entry-level construction. Uh, just that basic, you know, building a whole new group of framers for the construction industry, a whole new group of masonry folks for the construction industry. I We see real opportunity around taking our CDL program into heavy equipment operation and what does that require? Um, it, so as we look at this, that's really what the center is being developed for is how do we put things in it that we can be really responsive to the local needs or even the regional needs. Um, I would say fire is one of those things that's very regional in nature. It's probably Northern California, some in Nevada, you know, most of Oregon, maybe a little piece of Idaho. Um, I could see all of those kinds of things really, um, really kind of coalescing around around the center, and uh, and then traditional apprenticeship. So right now we do you know plumbing, electrical, millwright, uh, the expansion of those programs and the addition of others that are needed. Um, the welding program would that now have a home, <laughs> a real home, uh, because right now it's kind of shared. A lot of the welding takes place up at Oregon Tech's campus you know so um if we, that's everything that's going to move in there a lot of hands on you know roll up your sleeves get your fingernails a little dirty kind of kind of work kind of what uh what used to be referred to as vocational education right absolutely really was yeah and that's this is really helping that come back okay yeah. um That all sounds wonderful. I can't wait to actually see
0: that myself. Uh, Me either. You know, um, (laughs) I'm excited about it. The the graphics I've seen show a huge chunk of the campus is actually going to be dedicated to it. And um, and the whole shift there, the the culture itself is shifting and what, what's, you know, President Gutierrez wants to take the campus in a direction. And you mentioned that earlier. And I think he's really embracing that apprenticeship, vocational schooling so, yep. and, and whatnot, bringing that here.
1: And, and I think one of the things too that's really exciting is it also academic degrees in those areas. I mean, so you can, or, or the beginnings of one in a transfer to Oregon Tech for things, or the beginnings of a teaching career at KCC and a move to SOU to become a teacher. So, I mean, I think there's, there's real intentionality about what we're working on and what programming the college needs to be supportive of what programming is going to help our community. Um, How does expanding these kinds of programs um, benefit everybody? And so you ask the question, do we have enough of a workforce if somebody, some large company came in? Well, this is all part of that puzzle and to answer those questions. That's all the piece. Part of the puzzle, as you said, we got we to have the pieces to
0: complete the yeah, puzzle. So that's a great thing. Uh, guys, we're going to take a break here in just a minute, but don't forget, we are giving away $25 to Fastbreak, our presenting sponsor here of Ask Klamath. Uh, get your questions in. I've seen a couple of questions in the feed below. Uh, get those in. We're going to be asking those next as we come back with Chip Massey, Director of Workforce Development, Klamath, At Community, Klamath College. Community College. Yep. We'll be right back. Thanks.
2: Fuel. Refreshment. Convenience. Community. Rewards. Fastbreak Convenience Stores with 7 Basin locations. At Madison Chevron, Homedale Fastbreak, Merrill Mobile, 97 Chevron, McDole Fuel Good, Washburn Chevron, and Glyde Fuel Good. Fastbreak. Convenience. Community. Service. Slow down. Slow down and move over. And move over. When you see lights, vests, or reflectors, please give us some room. Slow down and move over. When you need us,
3: we've got your back.
2: Do you have ours?
3: You got our back?
2: You got ours? You got our back? Please, slow down and
3: move over. can have your car taken to the shop of your choice so my friend had her car taken to excel auto body because she heard about their reputation for excellent work they even gave her a written warranty that's good for as long as she owns that car so excel auto body is a very smart choice hi i'm rorick owner of excel auto body no matter if the damage is minor or major you'll want to choose us now so if you are ever in an accident you'll be ready and remember it's your choice what body shop you go to choose excel auto body it's your car our reputation
0: Hello so friends, Brian Gailey, Clown Falls News. Welcome back to Ask Klamath. We're joined here today by Chip Massey. I know you were trying to tag a friend over there. Lacey's <laughs> actually off camera over there from a KCC public information officer and they're trying to do a little thing going on over there. Um, this section is actually brought to you by Shasta Family Dental. Dr. Brown has com- created a team of individuals that hold high value in family, community, honesty, integrity, and compassion. They provide quality, compassionate dental care through trust and respect of their patients. Uh, They care for you and the community. Shasta Family Dental is located across from the City Police Department on Shasta Way. Uh, Learn more at shastafamilydental.com or give them a call five four one eight eight four five four seven four. 541-884-5474. Shasta Family Dental, caring for our community. Uh, Again, thanks to all of our sponsors, including Shasta Family Dental. Again, we could not do this show without them. Um,
1: So Chip, what's on your mind today? Oh, boy, that's, that's scary to let me have the soapbox for a few moments here. But, but the things, I guess, the things that I, that I've, I look for and that I want to be talking about next. So we've kind of talked about what we've done, maybe some of the future. I think one of the things in workforce development um, that all of us have to wrap our arms around going forward uh, is, you know, in, in the boom times, uh, we have a, a group of folks who are maybe lower-skilled, underserved, undereducated, and I look at that as the opportunity to begin to invest in that group and to really start to skill them up knowing that in the next little recession the skilled workers who are rejoining the job search category are probably going to be picked up first but that we should always be looking ahead to that next boom. So I I think we want to talk about how do we do that so it isn't that the economy is going great and unemployment is at historic lows, so we're not gonna invest in helping people get back into the workforce or do that, because I think that's something that has happened. Um, And then the the other thing that that we're looking at and we're wrestling with, and and I think the business community is is a little bit uh, a part of this wrestling match. You and I have talked about it over the years, but um, one, giving opportunities to people who really need it. Um, So how do you go out and find those folks? And that can be somebody who is incarcerated, um, maybe trying to reenter the workforce, Um, somebody who has um, some language barriers, trying to get back into a better job in the workforce. Um, How do we start to work together on that? And then how do we all take on the mentorship and coaching role for our young people? Because that's one of the things I do hear from the business community, is the young, young people don't have the work ethic that they would like to see. And I, would, I, I view that as legacy businesses, kind of those long-term businesses. Uh, they're feeling that pinch. Uh, you go into the more metro areas, and um, they're, they're working with what they have a little more, right. and, um, and they're not trying to put people into to boxes. And I think we have to figure out how to do that um, I think we have to figure out. I think at one time, um, and and I don't say this as a bash on policy or on on sweatshops or those things. I mean, I think we we've gone through this transition that has now put young people into the position of not necessarily joining the workforce as early as they did in the past, and and the business community is hurting around that because. Now they're having to do that soft skill development on the job Mm -hmm. and I and I think unfortunately that's where it's ended up is schools are doing that workplaces are doing that how do we do that effectively how do we help that group I think those are things that we really want to be focused on going forward Um, how do we we're working we're working closely with Warner Creek um, correction facility over in Lake County because they release a lot of folks back to Klamath and so we wanna be there behind the fence talking about what's it like to go back to work? How do we help you skill up? You've been out of work for six years because of your, your, the, the time you were incarcerated, that you were in custody. Um, how do we help you get back to work? Who are, who are some of the employers who are going to look at you and say, well, okay, we're gonna take a chance on you. And how do we make those connections? Um, I also think one of the things that's coming up that's kind of interesting and scary Uh, is this whole concept of the gig economy and the side hustle and how people are putting three or four jobs together to kind of have a full-time job. Um, When I look at the gig economy, we're thinking, how do we do a class on preparing yourself for the gig economy? Because you're now, it's kind of like entrepreneurism, but not exactly because you're actually working for somebody. And so, so how do you sell yourself? How do you write the right contract? How do you how do you meet the project needs? What are what are the things that you need to know to actually enter into this and be effective? Um, you know, how does that impact your retirement? <laughs> you know, I think there's I think there's some um, this this disruption that's taking place from kind of traditional industrial society to knowledge and technology. I think that's going to be a very interesting time for us, and it's it's going to be. Um, there's gonna be some moments in it where there's a lot of tension and a lot of frustration. And, and I think we need to start thinking about that because that's coming
3: mm-hmm. in
1: the next five years, that that conversation is gonna be here. Uh, it's gonna be here in a big way. And I think all of us need to kind of be thinking about how am I gonna deal with that? Uh, there will certainly be some folks who say, I'm out of here, I'm done. I don't wanna deal with it. But there's gonna be a whole group that has to deal with it. And what are we gonna do with that, so.
0: Always looking to the future. Yeah, look ahead. You got to find that crystal ball and see, yep. what it actually see what's through. going on. Yep. So going back to what you said, there is whose responsibility is it to get people prepared? Working, you know, work ethics, getting a, getting a work on time, you know, um, dressing appropriately, and and how you speak, and, and who you speak to, and how you speak to certain people. People, right? Um, in 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 things like that. I actually started my first part time job was actually working for my father at about the age of 12 or 13
1: yep I don't know about how when did you start well and I'm, I'm very careful about saying this but my, my dad is no longer with us I started at the age of seven crushing ice in the back of the bar that my dad managed <laughs> uh, yeah and so uh, I probably wasn't supposed to be there and they had to put a big egg crate up by the ice crusher so I could operate it but yeah I was I I, I have real memories of of the space, I mean, I don't remember how much work I ever did or if I was ever very effective at the age of seven or eight. Right. But uh, but my first real job was at sixteen. Okay, you know, um, paycheck had to be there on time, had to dress a certain way. Um, you, you don't see that as much anymore. Um, a lot of it rules and policy, and it makes it, it
0: makes it tough it does but. make it tough when you got insurance that says no we can't we can't cover anybody that's not 18 right right it's kinda of hard to get out there I know there's a lot of farmers out there and their kids might help them with driving a tractor or throwing hay or yep. something like that uh, Damien's actually over here he's doing our production Damien when did, when did you start your first job about sixteen about sixteen, 16. so Damien's first job is about sixteen Lacey I'm gonna ask you the same question she's actually off camera over here <laughs> when was your first job? sixteen, 16. Now, my son he helps me on the side so i could probably say yeah, yeah he's, he's about that same age 14 13 14 years old my daughter on the other hand doesn't really have that desire she's mm-hmm. 16 so yep. it kind of fits in with some of what we're experiencing today yeah. and and you know there is a lot of uh, different organizations different trainings i know the county is working with a few organizations the county school district i should say yep. is working with a few organizations and i think it might be through you guys as well where there's some Volunteer opportunities for them, where right? They can go in and maybe they're doing more job shadowing than they are actually doing, like internship, in the, right? Um, but those are great opportunities where, where kids could get out there and learn some of those things as well,
1: yeah. And I think, I think what what's kind of happened is by default, uh, the educational system is taking on some of that mentorship and development of that early workplace skill, um, and and a, again. Nobody to be blamed, but that's that's where it's ending up. So K twelve, yeah, not necessarily blame, right? All, it's but it it's is just transition. it's changing, and and so we go to the K twelve system, and they're doing internships and job shadowing and volunteer fairs. We're doing that at KCC. OIT is doing that. So Oregon Tech is involved in that. Um, luckily, we have a lot of local, um, particularly in the government organizations and the nonprofit world, but even in the business community, we have people who are being very responsive to that kind of thing. Um, we are, so one of the things that we're looking at is how do you help those youth who maybe graduated high school but didn't have the grades or the interest in trying to go on and get a four-year degree and they weren't getting any vocational training and now they're sleeping on somebody's couch because they're an adult, mm-hmm. you know, and maybe, maybe they have a job. Um, how do you reach those people? How do we get those young adults back into the system? And so um, there there are a lot of challenges whether the economy is going well or whether it's not. And the challenge is just a little different in who you're gonna be working with. So I I just think it's one of those things that we have to be aware of. Uh, We all have to be kind of coaching and mentoring. Um, We all have to be saying to the the people around us, you know. Hey, how can we help? What can we be doing? What, you know, can we connect you with help? I don't necessarily have to do it, but can we connect you with somebody? Who can and be
0: connecting me? actually is a, I was just thinking here as you were talking. There's actually, um, you know, a couple of different options here for young people as well. You, know, you have the military, yep. Right, you have college. You can go directly into the workforce whether you have that that formal education or not. Yep. Right. Is there something along the lines of somebody coming out of high school where uh,
1: maybe it's with you guys that they can help? find that direction well I think yeah I think I think there are places to go to find that direction and and one of the recommendations that that I have is continue your education so go get involved whether that's vocational training whether that's a a degree course in in academics um, you know whether that's on the job and trying to move move up um, there there are people who will help you do that and and the thing that I have found is sometimes um, the folks who are not working or not in the programming are hesitant to ask the question or, or seek some help. Right. And so we're hoping that the business community helping identify those folks. Hey, I have a person here who I think has the personality I want, but they don't have the skills I want. How can KCC or how can WorkSource or how can, how can we help this person get that set of skills I need them to have? To offer them a good job um, and by the same token the job seekers got to be thinking what's that skill set that next employer right you know and 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 you even you even talked about it i mean the hierarchy of being uh, in, in the workplace how do i talk to my boss how do i talk to the owner <laughs> <laughs> you know those are d- very different how you, do i talk to my my teammates right you, you know the way you talk to your teammates yeah. is way different than you talk to the ceo that's exactly right and and so It's um, there are a lot of things to learn and we kind of forget that I've been in business a long time you started working very young Um, you forget when you get to this age what it's like to be that age Mm -hmm. and first starting out and so that's another one of those things that I have to remind myself every day when somebody says something I find frustrating and like wow why aren't you getting this well they haven't had to deal with it right well let's see what questions we have here uh, looking at our live
0: questions, uh, Brandon Christopher Rust actually has a couple of comments. Uh, it says, First one says, Chip is the man.
1: <laughs> Thank you,
0: Brandon. Uh, and he says, nice job on the trade school boys. So uh, I have to agree with that. It's, I'm really happy to see that coming along. It's, very, and, and it's a and, great project. And I'm really excited to see where this is going to end up. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people are watching. Uh, Janice McKee is asking, are businesses hiring senior citizens?
1: Yes, we are. We are seeing that, and and there are some organizations that are around to help. So um, there's there's a group called Experience Works that's for 55 and older, and they help place them into to jobs if they're trying to transition from a previous employment to something new. Um, we are seeing more and more of that. Um, the other thing that we're seeing, I must admit, so not only are our seniors being hired, and it depends on where you are, lots in retail you know, lots in some of the service industries. Um, but, but so depending upon what their interests are, they can, they can find work, um, but we're also seeing seniors hang on to their jobs. So people who might've retired a few years ago, now that the recession hit and sizable portions of their retirement went away, um, we're seeing people hang on. And that's also causing disruption so um, probably the sooner us graybeards <laughs> move out of the workforce, the better off for all the folks who are a little younger than us, you know, coming up. But um, but there are jobs out there for seniors, and there's programs to help with that if you're kind of stuck on it. So Cool. Um, and then one more thing we have here is a comment. Cooper
0: Roberts-Griard, hey, Coop, voice of the Pelicans, <laughs> says, hey, Brian, good looking studio. Hey, Coop, thank you very much. we we got a lot of pride in, in our location here. So uh, not seeing any other questions popping up. We really only had one straight up question question, and that was for Janice, our business is hiring senior citizens. So Mm -hmm. uh, Janice, I will be in contact with you because you really had the one and only main meat of a question if you would. Uh, We're going to get you 25 bucks from Fastbreak for that. Congratulations. Um, So, anything else on your mind Chip? Is there anything else that we may have missed that we should cover? that? I got to say a lot of stuff, so I you know We did. And actually we're we're coming right up on an hour, which is our goal, and we filled the hour with yeah, a lot of stuff. That was you're gonna have to to check this one out. If you didn't get to watch the whole thing, it's okay. Facebook's gonna do their magic and you were can rewatch this any time. But Chip, I wanna thank you for being our guest here on Ask Clamath presented you. by Fast Break. Thank you very much. Uh congrats to our winner, Janice. I'll be in contact with you as well. Um Ask Klamath is a production of Klamath Falls News. It's hosted by myself, Brian Gailey. Off camera, our show producer monitoring audio, doing all the switching and everything. Over there is Damian. Hi, Damian. Thank you for doing so. Good job. Speaking of interns and skill levels and everything like that, Damian's been doing this now for going on about five months, I would say, being our intern. He's wrapping up uh, his education up at OIT, and I greatly appreciate uh, him, and he will be missed when we get to that point. Uh, but I'm going to hold on to don't him, let him as go, long yeah. don't let him go. as Hang I can. Um, like I said, if you didn't catch the entire broadcast, don't worry. Facebook's going to do their magic. You can rewatch anytime, uh, and you can also rewatch past episodes on AskClamath.com. If you've been entertained and you learned something, please like it, share it. You know this video and everything else. Uh, we're on all the major social media channels. Just look for klamath Falls News, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all of them. We're there. YouTube. Um, Next week will be episode five of season two, and we're actually going to be greeted by Taylor Tupper, who is the Democrat candidate for House District 56. That is the seat currently held by Republican Werner Reschke. Uh so that should be a great episode. You're gonna want to tune in for that one. That's it's almost a can't miss one just before the election. Uh on behalf of my guest Chip Massey with an IE, not a Y, (laughs) I'm Brian Gailey. Thank you for watching. We'll see you around the basin. Bye.